Hello and welcome to C3 City Light Podcast. You'll find us here in Raleigh until all are awakened to the light and love of Jesus. We hope that you find this message encouraging. For more information, check us out at c3citylight.com or on social media at C3 City Light. Back today, we're talking about this idea, the title of the sermon is Dark Room Development. I had this job and I hated it. I mean, I really just hated this job. It lasted for one year. It was when I first moved to Dallas. And, but yeah, it was my first year living in Dallas, and I'd done a little bit of stuff like valet and parking cars and all this stuff. April's in North Carolina. I'm there in Dallas. And I got this job working at a call center. And I, I hated it. I really did. Like, I don't even want to say who, what it was for because you're going to just judge me for hating it. It was a Christian ministry. It was a Christian ministry that had been going around for like probably like 25 years. It was a very famous ministry. And I could drop one hint and you'd probably get it. The guy would always say, Alleluia. Alleluia. Anybody know what I'm talking? Benny Hinn ministry, man. I worked for that guy because I was in Bible school and I had some friends that I never met them. It was a call center and stuff. But I just didn't like this job. I got cussed out more on the phones for a Christian ministry than I ever had in my whole life. When's my Bible going to come in? I'm about to expedite that Bible. You need it right now. I was like, oh, my. I'm just telling you. I did that for six months, and I was ready to quit. I was just done with this job, and I came back over Christmas break, and I was like, Lord, for, your, for real, I'll go park cars before I get cussed out on the phone trying to give some people some Bibles. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I was over it. And so none of that's the point of that story. That's just good, clean entertainment. I don't know. And then I got into the mail room, and it was great, and I got out of there. And, but it was a season of my life where I felt like I was just, like, unseen by God. You know what I mean? I just felt like, like it, <laughs> I would, I hated that job so much. I would just regularly like max out like the breaks you could take. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, like, yeah, I got to go to the restroom and I would like 20 minutes on my phone, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and then go back and take some calls. Oh yeah, I got to go back to the bathroom. Like I just couldn't stand that job. You know what I'm talking about? I just couldn't stand it. But for me, that was the season of hiddenness. It was just the season in my life where I was just like, God, you're doing something inside of me. But to the untrained eye, it seems like this is just a waste of my time. Have you ever felt like that? We're just like, man, God, are you even, do you see me? Like, do you even see? Like, it just seems like you've forgotten me. It seems like the world's forgotten me. It's just the season of hiddenness. And I'm telling you, it feels like you're in a dark room. I know digital photography and, and we take so many pictures with our phone now. But anybody remember before we had iPhones and droids? We had the little things, you had to roll the camera back and click, click. Then you have to take it to the Kodak. You have to take it to the spot and drop it off, get your film developed. Anybody remember that? Like, it wasn't that far ago. It really wasn't that long ago. But you remember, like, people would take pictures, like the professionals would take pictures. And they would take their film into the dark room and they would mix the chemicals and get that. And in the dark room, it was dark, hence it's called a dark room. There'd be a little bit of red light. And that light, if you weren't in the dark room or if you weren't in the right place, too much light would ruin the photos. It would get exposed, right? Exposure, it would ruin the photos. And those great pictures you took and all this stuff would be ruined because of the exposure. 
So you take the picture, you take the photo, you take it into the dark room, then you take it out of the row and you would cut it and you would let the light shine, the red light shine on it. You can enlarge it and whatever, but you would let it dry and then you could take that photograph out of the dark room and it was ready to go. Dark room. In In the dark room, we get developed. In those seasons in our life where we feel like no one's looking, no one's shining, we're nowhere near a platform, we're nowhere near that promotion, we're nowhere near where we think we should be. In that dark room, God is doing a work in us. The purpose of the dark room is for the Lord to develop us. Today, we're going to study a couple different people from Scripture that had these seasons of their life where they were just being developed by God. I'm telling you, if you felt, if you feel like you've been forgotten, if you feel like, when is this going to end? Ah, oh, why am I still single? Why am I still stuck in this job? Why, why, why? I'm going to tell you why. God's developing you in this dark room. And just get ready. There's always an end to the dark room season. If you've got your Bible, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'm going to read you a whole bunch of verses. All right, here we go. Chapter 16, verse 1. I love this about King David when he's just a little boy. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you've mourned long enough for Saul. I've rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there. For I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he's going to kill me. The Lord's replied, take a heifer with you and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. He, when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town were trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? I'm just saying, people get a little squirrely when a prophet shows up. You're about to call down fire from heaven. You're about to like, well, it's like, ah. We remember the story about the ten plagues and what the Lord did through Moses. Like, what's going on? Like, they're nervous. They're squirrely. <laughs> Do you come in peace? Yes. Samuel replies, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And the, then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took, took one look at Eliab and he thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Look at him. He's good looking. He's devastatingly handsome. Eliab's our guy. All right, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son, Abinadab, to step forward and walk in in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shimea. But Samuel said, neither is this the one that the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are all these the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. 
So Jesse sent for him. He was, in a, he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil and he had brought and he anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Man, what a story. Aren't you glad that we sit when we read the scripture around here? Your legs would be cramping up right now if we sat and stood for all of that. But I want to unpack a couple of things. I just want to unpack a couple of things. And I just feel like if you're in that dark room, if you're in that season of hiddenness, just that season of obscurity, and just you're out in the field feeding the sheep and the goats. And here's the prophet of God, Samuel, doing Project Runway with Jesse. And you got Tyre Banks of just work it, Iliab, work it. Nope, he's not the one. You fired. Gone. He's out. Bring on the next one. Bring on the next one. He's out there just strutting. And nope, that ain't it. That's not who God's called. Seven of those project runways. Nope. Next, next, next. You fired. Get out of here. Jesse, like, I know I'm a prophet. I heard the Lord say, come here. Like, is this it? Is this all the talent you got in this house? Like, no, nah, man, I've got the youngest. I got my boy David. But you don't want to see David. He's young. He's out in the field, man. We didn't even show up to let him invite. We didn't even invite David to see the prophet. He's that young. Somebody's got to watch. You know what I mean? Like someone's got to watch the sheep. David, you're up. Forgotten by man, but seen by God. Come on, man. How true is that? Forgotten by man, but seen by God. That boss might have overlooked you. Might have been overlooked by friends. Might have been overlooked by that or overlooked by this. You're just like, man, am I ever going to get my break? Am I ever going to catch my moment? When is it going to happen for me? It's okay to be overlooked by man as long as we're being seen by God. There's something that happens when we're hidden. There's something that happens in obscurity. There's something that happens when we're separated and we're alone and we're with the Lord. We're learning his character. We're learning his nature. We're learning how to relate to God. And there's something powerful about getting that proximity to Jesus. I'm telling you, we never want to get a platform or influence before we're ready for it. Oh, the lights and the sparkles and that promotion and that VP in front of my name. I'm telling you, you do not want it before God's timing says you're ready. You don't. Have you ever eaten bread that you took out of the oven early? It's doughy and it's nasty. Put that joker back in the oven and just wait and be patient. Then it comes out at the right time and you break it and you dip it in the olive oil and it's so good. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. Right? Fresh bread, there's nothing like it. But you bring it out too early or you bring it out too late, it's terrible. And who knows our timing better than anybody else? The one who stands outside of time. The one who created time. That's who we want to be the shot caller in our life. And when God sits us aside for a season of obscurity, of hiddenness, when we're in the dark room, we want to let him develop us. So when we're ready and we've baked and we're fully ready, then we can come in and and step into what he's called us to, and it won't crush us. 
that promotion you've been crying out for, what if you're not quite ready for it? And you get it, and then the stress of it just ruins you. Wait on God's timing. It's perfect. It really is. So David's out there tending sheep, and God's developing David's character. He's developing David's desire for a relationship with him. He's developing all of that. And watch how it serves David well. As he's out there watching the sheep and protecting them, David's learning to solve problems. You want influence? Learn to be a problem solver. You're always The cream will always rise to the top. Learn to solve problems. That's the greatest way you can serve somebody. Solve some problems. Wow, David really knows what's going on. Let's, let's put him in charge. He's out there in the wilderness. He's out there by himself. And what is he doing? Solving problems. Why? There's bears that want to eat those sheep. There's lions that want a free meal, right? And David's out there protecting them. He's learning how to trust God. He's learning how to minister to the Lord. He's out there learning how to play the harp. He's sitting there writing songs to the Lord. And when Saul goes crazy and has a tormenting spirit, who do they call? They call David because David knew how to minister to the Lord. David knew how to bring peace. He could bring peace and joy and calm down King Crazy Saul. He could calm him down. Why? Where did he learn to do that? In the dark room. In the season of obscurity, in the season of wilderness, when he felt like he was by himself, he's learning to communicate and relate to God. And he's got his harp or his lair or whatever it's called. And he's just praising God and worshiping the Lord. And the next thing you know, he's solving problems. Uh, We see in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 16, verse 23. And whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul... David would play the harp and Saul would feel better. The tormenting spirit would go away. He could solve problems. One of the most famous stories in the Bible, David and Goliath. Those guys were just defeated. The Israelites were defeated. Goliath was out there talking so much trash it got inside of everyone's head. And David walks up to bring his brother's lunch, still in obscurity, still in the wilderness, still serving, bringing them lunch because his father told him to. In obedience, he goes to the front lines. He brings his brothers the food they needed and the supplies. And he hears Goliath say, out there just talking about how the Lord's nothing. God's nobody. And, just, and David hears it. And he just, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the name of the Lord? Yeah, y'all got to do something about this. Oh, y'all ain't going to do anything about Oh, I'll do something about this. He ain't going to talk about my God like that. So David volunteers, signs up. I'll take him out. I'll take his head off. David, you're young, you're small. Are you kidding me? Watch this. Um, 1 Samuel 17, verse 34 through 36. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. And when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after him with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. I have done this both to lions and bears. Oh, my. That's not in the Bible. Uh, And I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine. For he has defied the armies of the living God. Are you kidding me? This guy's over nine foot tall, big, stronger than everybody else, and David wants to pick a fight with him? Yes. Yes. When you kill a bear and you kill a lion, a man ain't looking that big. Right? In that season of wilderness, in that dark room, God had developed something inside of him. That bread was baking. 
There had been some exposure to that photograph, to that film of the light of God, and it's just beginning to develop this faith and this strength and this trust that if God's for me, who can be against me? Who is that Philistine to talk trash about God? Not today. Not today. Are you kidding me? I can't believe this is in the Bible. He caught a lion by the jaw and clubbed it to death? Pass. Like, that's some Steve Irwin's. That's Crocodile Hunter stuff, man. Are you kidding me? But that's next level. Crocky. I've done this to both lions and bears. There's no way I want to see a bear unless it's from, like, a barrel, like a scope from a really safe distance. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only way. Or at the zoo, and there's, like, some protection in between us. But a lion and a bear. There's something that God does inside of our hearts He gets us ready. He gets us prepared. He gets our skills defined and ready and developed. And there's no shortcut to this. There's just not. When the recipe says leave it in the oven at 425 degrees for 25 minutes, it means 25 minutes. Doesn't mean 10. Doesn't mean 12. It literally means 25 minutes. And you take it out before it's ready and it's not ready we got to trust this process and trust this season. I'm telling you that even though we're alone and we feel like we're in the dark, that's what it takes to be prepared. God uses that season to prepare us. God uses that season of Gadiel moving from Orlando up here of driving Uber and just really refining his customer service with drunk people throwing up in his car, just refining his customer service to get you ready for Bank of America and the promotions that are coming your way and serving people with their mortgages and their financial planning like God's preparing you. God uses these seasons of obscurity. It seems like no one else is watching, but God's watching. He's seeing. And if we'll lean into him, we'll get the most out of it. There's something about the season of obscurity in the dark room where we just learn to just no matter what comes my way. I'm just going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. He's never failed me. I feel alone. And you know what we learn in that season of obscurity? You know what we learn? We learn this. Jesus is enough. We learn it. We learn it. When you're crying out to God and no one else is there to help you and God comes through, you learn that Jesus is enough. Man might fail me, Promotions might pass me by. Friends might betray me. But here's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is enough. And no one can ever take that history away from you. No one can ever take that story away from you. Now, you might say he doesn't exist. You might say he never rose from the grave. You might say he never existed. I'm telling you right now, Jesus is real, and he's come through more times than not in my life. He's come through. No one can take that away. But, man, we live in a culture that's all about the limelight. Come on, the voice, American Idol. Um, Who wants to be a millionaire, right, for a little while? Kind of flamed out, but it was around. And you would see, man, I loved watching, like, people that are really well prepared. And they've been preparing all these years and decades and whatever. And then there's their moment, and they get up there, and they just crush, drop the mic, and just walk off. Like, no, get them back. They're good. They made it. They made it. They made it. I want them on my team. Four chairs turn around. Ooh. Right? Because they were prepared, and their moment came. They stepped up in faith, and they just crushed it. Right? We love that. Like, yeah. 
But what about the ones that were just not prepared? Hadn't been practicing, hadn't been like doing singing lessons, and their skills are just crazy. And like, oh. it, it is like a train wreck, but we, we can't turn away. Like, I, I can't stand it, and I hate to see someone, like, falter and just flail, and their mama or daddy never had enough, like, trust to just tell them, look, you're just, singing's not your gift. Like, maybe you're called to be in the kitchen and cook. I don't know. Maybe sports is your thing, but it ain't singing. Like, you got no rhythm, man. Like, the song's over here, and you're way over here. Like, come, you know what I mean? Like, they never just told them. They never just loved them enough. Just like, hey, you got a lot of gifts, Ryan, but singing ain't one, man. All right? All right. That's cool. Thanks, man. Like, right? Like, we need that. They were not developed in the dark room, man. And so they, and producers are just chomping at the, oh, this is going to be comedy gold. Yeah. Let's get number 12 in. Come on, number 12. You got this. You can do it. Go for it. And they feed them to the wolves. Number 12 comes out there, and they start seeing it, and we're all just like, oh, God, so bad. What a train wreck. We can't turn it, though. Like, we're just like, oh, give me more carnage. Finish him. Finish him. Like, Simon Cowell, tell him how bad he's, yeah, get him. Why? Because he won't ready. He won't ready. That contestant was not ready. Go back into the dark room and let the Lord develop that gift, right? Like, go home back. But that's us when we're outside of our gifting and we're outside of our timing and we're outside of development. We're just outside of it. We're not ready. The dark room's a good thing. But look, we got a generation that longs for this stage. It longs to be placed in a frame and put into an art gallery. Loves to be oohed and odd and haw. But that's not where significance is at. It's not hanging on the wall in an art gallery. Significance is found in the dark room with proximity to Jesus. This is my Savior. I'm loved by him and I love him. This is my purpose and what I was created for. You don't get that any other way than spending close proximity time to Jesus. But we got a generation, ooh, I want to be four-turn chairs. Like, ooh, no, we don't want that. We want to discover our purpose, get in the dark room, and let the Lord develop it. So I got three points to help us do this, okay? Point number one, you got to go there. Like, you just, you got to go there. It's unpleasant for everybody, okay? These seasons of wilderness, these seasons of obscurity, they're challenging for all of us, okay? And there's no way to finish your life without these seasons. There's just, there's not. It's not monopoly. You can't skip it. You just, you got to go through it. So number one. You got to go there. You just, you got to go there. Embrace the season you're in. If you were in a season of wilderness, like a season of hiddenness, a season of, Lord, I just, I, I'm kind of waiting on some direction. Um, I'm kind of waiting for the right one. I'm kind of waiting for a spouse or I'm kind of waiting for a promotion. Wait well. God, this is where you've put me at. I'm going to be where my feet are planted I'm going to be here. I'm not going to be dreaming of five years down the road or reminiscing about how good it was five years ago. I'm going to be where my feet are planted. I'm going to be in the season of obscurity. I'm going to be in the dark room, and I'm going to get everything I can get, and I'm going to learn it as fast as I can learn it. Right? It's like the children of Israel. It was an 11-day journey by foot, and they walked around that desert for 40 years. Why? They weren't ready. God was baking out that doubt, baking out that unbelief, just baking, just cooking it out. Take another lap, boys. Take another lap. Until when they finally got the right ingredients of faith and determination, Joshua and Caleb, 
That generation came, oh, who are these giants in this land? We'll kill every single one of them. God's force. Let's go. Let's take the land. They had to get ready. Season in the dark room. But I'm telling you, embrace your season. At the right time, God will elevate you. At the right time, he'll pull you out, put you in where you're supposed to be at, put you in that place of influence, put you in that platform, put you in that place of prominence to speak and to declare his goodness, to lead his people well, to lead your coworkers well, to lead your family well. I'm telling you, there's some things in our singleness that we have to learn. You don't want to wait until you're married to start working on you. Let the Lord use the dark room to develop and to call and to get closer to you and to help you bring healing to those things. It doesn't just go away because you get married. You know what I mean? Like he, he uses those seasons to help us. But I'm telling you right here, in the season, when we go there and we're in the dark room, I'm telling you, here's our number one focus. Number one focus right here. We primarily just need to connect with him. Just to connect with Jesus. It's that simple. It boils down to that. In a season when you feel like you're in the dark room, find Jesus. Discover Jesus. Discover the goodness of God. Develop conversations in a prayer life with him. Develop a time where you're just praying and crying out and enjoy uh, singing praise to him and connecting. And develop that in your life. That's the goal right there. Because as we get closer to Jesus, more of Jesus gets inside of us. Those areas of our hearts that we thought were surrendered but aren't really surrendered, oh, he gets into all of that. He gets into all of it. And that's the key right there, connecting with God. I'm telling you, you're not going to be hidden by accident. You're not. God uses those times in our life to help us grow the most. And I know it looks like a curse, but it's really a blessing. It's really a blessing. The dark room's a good thing. I love the story of the Apostle Paul. He's on the road to Damascus to go kill some more Christians. And he was really good at his job. And he falls down, sees a bright light, uh, loses his sight. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he has this encounter with Jesus. He has this encounter. And he starts trusting in Jesus. And, and okay, Lord, you're the Lord. Okay, I got you. But he didn't go to Jerusalem and start preaching. You know that? He spent three years in the deserts of Arabia. Three years. This guy knew the Old Testament, knew the Old Covenant, knew the law, was trained with the best, knew it, but he didn't know Jesus. He spends three years in in the dark room getting developed, learning more, connecting, meeting Jesus. And in Galatians, he talks about that, how just the Lord just kind of kept growing on, building on his understanding of Judaism. And helping him to see the the sacrificial system was about Jesus. The festivals about the Lord. All these things, he's just connecting the dots, connecting the dots. For three years, he was alone with God and with Scripture. And the Lord helped him sort out his understanding of who the Messiah was. Three years. We forget that. He didn't just start writing the New Testament. He had a dark room development experience with Jesus. It wasn't just this conversion experience on the road to Damascus. Yes, that was the start of it, but that just began it. It was this process of growing and understanding. Point number two. So number one, we got to go there. Just embrace it. Get into that season. Go there. Number two, you got to let them in. You just got to let them in. 
Just let them in to all the parts of your heart, to all the past scars, all the past pain, the trauma, all the areas that you think you really are good at. Oh, I'm good at that, God. We're good. We, we, we don't need to talk about that. We're good. I'm generous. I give, Lord. Oh, do you now? Do you own that money? Does that money own you? Like, you know what I mean? It's those seasons where we just let him in. Come on, Lord, get into all of it. The good, the bad, the ugly. Get into all of it, Lord, and just help me look more like you. I'm telling you, we got to learn to just let God in to all of it. And the goal isn't to be removed. The goal of, like, the dark room isn't to get out of it. It seems like it, right? Oh, I just want to get out of the season. No, no. the goal of that season is to be developed. God, make me more like you so that one day I can lead my family the way you've called me to lead. God, make me more like you so when I'm the VP of sales or when I'm the president of my own company, I lead people the way that honors you. Lord, make me more like you so that you can trust me with more financial wealth to be a better steward of things here on earth, that I can leverage everything here on earth to have an eternal impact. Help me, God. The goal is not to get out of the dark room. It's to get developed. What point is it to take that old school pitcher roll and throw it in the dark room and then just take it out the same way it came in? No, it's got to get exposed to the light. It's got to get exposed to the red light in there before it's ever going to get developed and reach its potential, reach its purpose, and then it comes out and it changes the world. We've got to let them in. Good, the bad, the ugly. I'm telling you. There's hurts and pains that happened when we were six and seven that never got dealt with, and we just carry them into everywhere we go. Looking for security, looking for worth, because one person, a teacher, when you were in the second grade, told you you were nothing. And that hurt, that pain, that traumatic event, we just carry it from job to job, employer to employer, relationship to relationship, spouse to spouse. We just carry it around to the next, carry it around, carry it around, carry it around. And if we'll just get in the dark room and just surrender it, God, I've noticed this pattern in my life. Will you just make me more like you, Jesus? Take this pain, take this and heal it. Because I'm telling you, our past hurts, God can heal them in such a way that they stop hurting. Doesn't have to be masked by alcohol, doesn't have to be masked by a drug, doesn't have to be masked by um, depression sleep agents or anything like that, I'm telling you, we can get exposure to Jesus in that area of our life and he can heal it and develop it and we can get out. Point number three. Point number three. We gotta let the process run its course. We just gotta let the process run its course. We gotta wait till he lets us out. How ridiculous would it be for that camera roll just banging on the door, let me out, let me out, let me out. No, you're just not ready. That bread in the oven. No, bread, stay on in there till you get ready. Stay on in there. We've got to wait until we're ready, until he says we're ready. And I'm telling you, we don't have to force it. We don't have to force it. But it's this issue of trust. It really it comes down to that. There's this issue of trust where we're like, can I really trust that God's going to get me out of the oven in time? I don't want to stay in here and get burnt up. I don't want to stay in here and be black toast. Like, I don't want to. Ah! We can trust his timing is perfect. His character's good. His plans for us are good. Like any, everyone in the world can, can pass you by. What did, what did God tell Samuel? Hey, I don't judge people the way you judge, Samuel. I don't look on the outside, on the outward appearance. 
I look on the inside. And God sees you on the inside. He sees the development. He sees the growth. He sees the spiritual formation in your life. He sees the root foundation that you've got going on. Ah, now they're ready. Now they're ready. Now that new promotion won't tank them. Now that new promotion won't go to their head and they get all prideful and just wreck their life. Now they're ready. Now they're ready. Let's go. Come on, let's move them. And I'm telling you, when God's hands on something, no man can stop it. No man can stop it. When God says you're ready, your time's up, I'm telling you, watch out. The favor of God is real. The blessing of God is real. And he can move you to where he wants you at with one door, two doors, three doors. And the next thing you know, oh, wow, we're, we're already here. Oh, that's what happened to us in the time of Dallas when we moved here. Our house sold way over asking price. I'm like, whoa, we'll take that extra 15000 bucks. Yes. Hey, bidding war, have at it, y'all, too. Like, you win. You just never know when God's timing says it's ready to go. Boom, man can't slow it down. When God breathes on something, it's going to happen. But I'm telling you, we've got to just learn, learn to not rush it. There's two things. We can't rush it and we can't delay it. Because sometimes we'll get to a place, I'm just not ready, I'm just not ready, I'm just not ready. And God's like trying to push us out of the boat. No, it's time to walk on water. Let's go. No, we just go kicking and screaming. Is that just me? Yeah. No, God, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. You're ready. If God opens up the opportunity, your spiritual leaders in your life, people that you listen to, people that you respect, like, no, no, seriously, I see this in you. You can do it. You're ready. You may not feel like you're ready, but you're ready. No, the oven's so nice. I just want to keep baking. No, it's time to get out and be served. It's time to get out and use your gifts for the Lord. It's time. You're ready. There's always going to be a little feeling of insecurity. Oh, God, are you sure? You're ready, Lord? Ah, you're ready. This is a beautiful lesson about leadership, and we'll wrap up with this. Do it scared. Do it scared. Audition for the worship team. Do it scared. Join a dinner party, show up, do it scared. What if they don't like me? What if they don't serve anything gluten-free? Just do it scared. Just do it scared. You On this side of it, you won't ever have all the answers. You just won't. You won't be able to completely make it make sense and completely plan it all out. That's what it's called by walking by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not 100% sure. I'm a little scared. Do it scared anyway. And on the other side of your obedience, on the other side of your faith, look at all the blessings. Whose life could be impacted because you said, yes, God, it's time to come out of this season and step into what you've called me to. God, you've been putting that one coworker on my heart over and over and over again. I, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm going to invite him to church. I'm going to invite him to dinner party. I'm just going to go for it. Ah! Whose life is waiting for your yes right now? What opportunity has God started to put in your heart? And just this beautiful thing, this influence and this blessing is just waiting on you to get up enough faith to say, yes, God. Like the woman with the issue of blood, she didn't wait for Jesus to come find her. I hope he just passes this way and bumps into me. She got so much faith on her. If I'll just touch the hem of his garment, that call, man, that could have been expensive. That could have been a big mistake. You 
going to go make Jesus unclean. Oh, good luck, lady. Good luck with the whole system and sacrifices. Like, that's dangerous. I'm just going to go touch him. I'm just going to go touch him. And if I touch him, he'll heal me. How many opportunities are waiting for you right now just to get up enough faith to say, all right, God, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more info or to connect with us, check us out at c3citylight.com.